Last week, we started a series on unlikely heroes, and we talked about dads and how in many of our lives, that was the case that the first heroic individual that we saw was something in our fathers. And then we talked about those of us who hadn't, that we can see that in our heavenly father, and that, that even... All of our fathers have shortcomings. We, we learned that last week. But God does not, right? So any void that there is there, our Heavenly Father can fill. So what we want to look at now is some unlikely heroes coming out of that in Scripture. So I want to play a little game with you guys this morning. You ready? I want to see if you can guess this unlikely hero. You know your word, right? So here we go. I'm going to throw out some clues and see if you can guess this. Let's see who can guess this. Over 2,500 years ago, this person had a beautiful future all mapped out for him before it was suddenly taken away. When his country was invaded by the Babylonians, he, along with others, were taken hostage. He went from royalty to captivity. Eventually, though, he became one of the most influential people in this new land. Any ideas? <laughs> I already told all you guys what it is. <laughs> there are three principles we can apply from the life of Daniel. Yeah. The show, I purposely kept all the things that you really know about Daniel out of that, by the way. <laughs> that show why he became an unlikely hero. And I think in looking at those, that can help reflect on us. Listen, I'm not saying that we all need to be heroic. I think sometimes we all get hero complexes and think we have to be everyone's savior. I don't want to go there, okay? I'm not saying you're anyone's savior. But I do say, I, I see in Scripture there are principles that make people heroic for God's glory that we can take and put in our lives so that God can use us also for his glory. Amen? Amen. So first and foremost, the small decisions can have big consequences. Small decisions can have big consequences. If you guys have your word with me, if you could turn to Daniel chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 5, and I apologize, I did not get these to TJ. So <laughs> and now my Bible is loading slowly. I'm going to have to turn, oh, here it is. All right. Daniel chapter 1, starting in verse 5, it says, The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. How many of you guys rem remember all four of those names? Right? You might know them more as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay? That is who ends up becoming, yeah, see? Those, 
individuals. So the chief official gave them new names to Daniel. Oh, here we go. To Daniel, the name Baldeshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Meshel, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. You guys know those names now? But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. I think it's funny as we look at this, by the way, we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego by their given names, but we know Daniel by his name. <laughs> Daniel, just thought I'd point that out. Interesting. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, which is the only reason he gets to have this next conversation. Because he had favor. I want to read that again. Now, God... Maybe I should read it a different way. Now, Daniel... No. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Verse 10. But the official told Daniel... I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your, you food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than any other young man your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Here's what Daniel said. Daniel said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, please test your servant for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So this is the beginning as what we call nowadays the Daniel fast, fruits, veggies, and water, right? What was the point and purpose of Daniel's fast here? Why did Daniel do this? Because of something that God had put on his heart. What is it? If he had eaten the meat, he would have eaten meat sacrificed to another God. That's the point. He did not want to honor someone else's God by eating meat to them. Instead, he wanted to honor his Lord, his God. So in verse 14, he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time, set by the kings to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about what the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Lord Jesus, this morning, Father God, we want to hear from you. We want you to direct us, guide us, Lord. Let the words that you have for each one of us, God, set in and continue 
to water that, Lord, in our lives until you can flourish that understanding. God, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel could have eaten whatever was placed in front of him. Instead, he decided not to eat what had been forbidden by his faith. He was determined to honor God even in this foreign land. You know the saying, what, what is it? When in Rome, do what the Romans do? What a dumb thing. I mean, really? How about when in Vegas? Really? Come on now. It, we say it. People don't no, no, no. Don't you get me twisted. But seriously, what that's how they say it. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? But listen, is that true? Just because prostitution is legal in your area, does that mean that you should partake? Just because it's legal to do certain things, just because you're allowed to eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want, does that mean you should? Lord, speak. <laughs> Lord, speak. Since Daniel chose to be faithful in such a small arena, food, such a small thing, God gave him knowledge and wisdom and even the ability to understand dreams and visions. Guys, Jesus reiterates this in the New Testament where he says, those who have are going to have more. When he gives gifts, we end up having more. Why is that? Because if you, if you use the gift, if God gives you one simple thing and says, be faithful with this, and you say, yes, Lord, guess what? All of a sudden, he's going to say, I can use you again because you were faithful. Here, have another. You just doubled your blessing in God, right? Because you had this gift, now you have this gift. If you continue walking, God's like, hey, he's actually getting it. I can use him. I can use her. So all of a sudden, Daniel was faithful with this little thing. He simply did not want to defile himself with that meat. Some scripture that people might pull out. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 31. In 1 Corinthians 10, again, in verse 23, it says, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. I have heard people over and over and over tell me that they can eat what they want, they can drink what they want, they can do what they want, because Scripture tells them they can. Is that what Scripture says? Have you allowed your faith to affect every area of your life? This is Daniel. He didn't stop at words. He didn't stop at just having scripture inside of him. He applied it to the areas of his life. 
He lived it out. Do you realize that all the decisions you make in life are spiritual? There are no non-spiritual decisions. The bad decisions you make are spiritual. They're not good spiritual, but they're spiritual. I want to help us understand something. Every decision you make every day is a spiritual decision. It's meaning that you are stepping towards God's will, God's heart, or you're not. And by the way, those of us that think that we can stay in this great moment of God's presence, you can't just stand and set your feet. What happens in war if all you do is stand there? They can't hit me. Look, I'll make myself skinny. Whoop! I'm not so skinny. Right? We think we can just stand and persevere. We are healthiest when our lives are integrated, when our emotional, our physical, our relational, and our spiritual lives all connect. This is why every decision is spiritual. Because whenever we let God inundate all of that, he can use all of it for his glory. He can use the decision you make to get up and do devotions for his glory. Because guess what? Next generation's watching. Other people are watching. He can use the way you work for his glory. He can use the things that come out of your mouth for his glory. <laughs> if we make the things that come out of our mouth spiritual, if we understand they're spiritual anyways, even if you're cussing somebody up one side and down the other, guess what? You are speaking curses on them. That's spiritual. You're just not working for who you thought you were, right? <laughs> It's spiritual. It's all spiritual. Do we get the point? It's all spiritual. I'll move on. <laughs> to prepare you for a better future, what is God asking you to sacrifice? Allow God to speak to you this morning. What would God ask you to sacrifice? Because every decision is spiritual. Number two, always communicate, and listen to this, this is missing in our world today. Always communicate with two things, humility and honesty. Husbands and wives, look at me. Always communicate with humility and honesty. Children, always communicate. Humil parents, ooh, always communicate with humility and honesty. Listen to me. Why is our world so chaotic right now? There is no humility <laughs> in our communications. There is no honesty. In fact, we're trying to make it look like there is no truth, right? 
Because anything, if you take a stand and you say, this is truth, half of America will fight you to the death to tell you you're wrong. Right? Where's the humility and honesty? This is something Daniel put into practice. Whether he was standing up for those who could not stand up for themselves, standing up for himself, communicating a message to the king that he wouldn't want to hear. By the way, Daniel told kings a lot of things they didn't really want to receive at the time, and he didn't die. Come on. <laughs> or talking about his faith, Daniel demonstrated humility and honesty. Daniel chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Now, we have a way of calling tact or calling people who are good with framing things manipulators. We say you're very good at manipulating a conversation. Let me tell you something. Not everybody who is good at phrasing things to people is manipulating. What they're trying to do is put a bad thing in a good sandwich so that you can receive it. Is that manipulation? It depends on your opinion, right? If your opinion is, I don't want to swallow that sandwich, then they're manipulating. If your opinion is, ooh, that was a good sandwich, then they're not manipulating, but they're speaking truth. You see the difference? The sandwich didn't change, but how we received it did. Right? <laughs> Everybody say, weird analogy, Pastor. <laughs> that was weird. But it fits. But it fits. Daniel was the one the kings went to when they had a spiritual need or question. There is so much craziness going on right now. I want to tell you the only humility I have seen from the White House, Senate, House, anything political. Where have you seen humility in the last four years? Shoot, how, how, how many years have I been able to vote? Where have you seen humility in the last 22 years? Twenty? I don't know. I saw it. I saw a sign of humility that nobody talks about. And they think it's because he did it to manipulate. I was just talking about this to you guys the other day. Nobody is talking about the fact that we have a president. And listen, Donald Trump is not perfect, but he's a president of the United States. He's my president because he's in office. Barack Obama was my president when he was in office. George W. Bush was my president. Bill Clinton was my president because he was in office. Okay, I just listed all the presidents I believe that I voted for in my lifetime. 
I want to help us understand something. When humility happens, people hate it and they try to manipulate humility. They try to say that it's not humility. Donald Trump, President Trump, when he went into office, he did not take a dollar. How many of you guys like to work for free? Okay, no allowance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that hand went down. <laughs> I need dishes. But seriously, how many of you guys would run for president, the highest office that we can have in this nation, and say, do not pay me a dollar for it? But yet, people called it manipulation. I want to tell you something. I don't care why he did it, how he did it, why he's still doing it. It was a sign, a glimpse of humility from, I'll tell you, it's hard to see humility today. It is. Because we're so afraid of manipulation that humility looks weird. Now, don't get me twisted. I am not saying that President Trump is perfect. I'm not saying that he is a model Christian, that we need to, 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 to just see everything and think that everything is rainbows and butterflies, okay? I'm not trying to do that. But I do want to seed into our lives and into our hearts something. Humility does not look like humility in this world today because we explain it away. I've actually heard a term I had never heard until the last few years. False humility. You ever heard that term? How can you be false if you're being humble? Never heard it before. Okay. Daniel demonstrated a genuine humility. He acknowledged he needed God's help. And he willingly served these kings in every way without ever compromising his faith. Listen to me. Daniel was in a foreign land serving kings who believed in other gods, believed completely different than him, and he willingly honored and served them, yet, yet, without compromising his faith. Christians, we need that today. We need to understand that no matter who is in office, who is in the White House, who is in Congress, who is in the House, we can serve. We can do the things that we're supposed to do as an American citizen, and yet we can still not have to compromise our faith in God. It doesn't have to be either or. You can be faithful to your country and faithful to God. You know how I know that? Because Daniel found a way. It's what makes him one of our unlikely heroes. It was also Daniel's humility, his honesty, and his integrity which opened the way for God to continue to give him more opportunities and even more visions. We've already talked about if you're faithful with one thing, God does what? He gives you more. Is it simply because he's like, I like you, I'm going to give you more? No, it's because he saw you be faithful. And so he's like, 
I can trust you again. That's it. God knew that he could trust Daniel as his messenger. In Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. I want to read this. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to read it. Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Verse 3 starts out this way. Now Daniel so disgusted himself. That's not what it says. So now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators tried to find grounds for charge against Daniel in his conduct and government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charge against the man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Does this sound a little bit like our political climate right now? Anytime somebody tries to say, here's what we need to do, they find some angle to attack them and try to get them out of office, out of the way, out of the thing. Now, I'm not saying that anybody's Daniel, <laughs> okay? But listen, this is the climate that we live in. They try to come against you for taking a stand on anything. If I preach on homosexuality, there's a very good chance right now that if this goes out online, that a whole bunch of liberals are going to show up and picket our community simply because I said something about homosexuality. Well, guess what? It's still sin. All of it is. All of it is. And listen, that does not mean that I can't love somebody struggling with homosexuality simply because they're struggling with sin. Guess why? I love you and you're struggling with sin. Right? That's the point, guys. What they do is they take an angle and they twist it. And they try to turn things away from right here. The only truth you are going to find in this world is right here. Google doesn't have it. Twitter doesn't have it. Facebook, I'm fighting for them, but they don't have it. That's not where truth comes from. Okay? Listen. <laughs> the Word of God is where we get our truth, our understanding. So if somebody is spinning something and it doesn't fit in there, it's not truth. It's not truth. Daniel received new opportunities because he made wise choices. Thirdly, trust God regardless of our circumstances. Sometimes sharing the truth will get you into trouble. 
Let me just tell you, I think we are in a climate, and I've prepared my family for it, to where one day I will get falsely accused of something and probably get arrested in the near future simply because I'm not going to stop speaking the truth. I'm going to try to do it in humility and love, but I know the same way that the disciples, everyone but John, was killed for their faith. I know we are in a political climate right now where it will probably cost me something in the very near future. I just know that. Sometimes sharing the truth gets you into trouble. But we should be people who are known for our humility and honestly, honesty, even if it costs us. Guys, does that mean if you get fired, doing it with humility and honesty? Yep. Does that mean if you get put in prison, doing it with humility and honesty? Yep. Whatever happens in life, figure out a way to do it with humility and honesty. Trust in God regardless of your circumstance. Just before entering the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had this to say to the king. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. You hear that? They still called him your majesty. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Listen, they gave Nebuchadnezzar the honor that he had as the king. They acknowledge your majesty your majesty. They would continually say that. But they had to tell him, hey, we love and respect you, basically putting it in modern terms. We honor who you are, but you want us to bow down to false idols. And that's something we cannot do. So if it's my life you want, take it. God is going to save me or he's not. That's what they said, right? Basically what they said. Take it or don't. Do we have this level of faith? Do we believe God can rescue us and that we will follow him even if he doesn't? Now listen, church. We are in the time of the coronavirus. And there is so much fear and trepidation going around right now. You've got to be careful what you say because somebody will get upset no matter what you say. Here's what I've said all along. Listen, if it is my time to go, God knows. If he still has a reason and a purpose for me, God still has a reason and a purpose for me, and I will continue. Listen, that does not mean that I won't respect others when I go back to work Monday and wear a mask. I will. Not for myself, not because I'm fearful that I am going to get the coronavirus, 
but because there are others who don't want to be around you if you don't have a mask on because they are fearful. I will honor that and wear a mask. Okay? No problem. No problem here. Does that mean that I shouldn't wash my hands? If you're not washing your hands right now, come here and let me smack you. I mean, really. <laughs> yes. Come here. and <laughs> He's like, I want to smack you, Pastor Luke. <laughs> Seriously. If you're not using hand sanitizer and washing your hands, we are giving it to you free right there on the table. Be clean. Sanitize. Okay. Don't be dumb. But at the same time, trust God. Holy cow, where's the trust in life today? Trust God. And don't be afraid to be Christ to others right now. If somebody says, I'm sick, I need prayer, I need this, take precautions, do the things that you need to do, but go and lay hands on them and pray. Allow God to still use you, even in the craziness, because I'll tell you what, there are times in the New Testament that we don't like to talk about where people drank poison and survived. Did you know Paul was poisoned and yet didn't die? Did you know in the Old Testament they were bitten by a poisonous snake and yet didn't die? Listen to me. The enemy wants you to believe you have to stop what God has for you right now and quit doing it and lay down. And what God has to say to us is, I will protect you if you simply take steps for me. I'm there. I'm with you. Guess what? God is with you right now with the coronavirus. He is with you. If we're faithful in the little things that God gives us, he will continue to take care of us. Why did you wake up this morning? Can the enemy wake you up every morning? Well, we feel like it with the aches and pains, right? But no, he is not the sustainer of life and breath. God is. So when that stops, I'll tell you right now, if I end up dying from the coronavirus, don't weep over me. Rejoice because I am with Jesus. Okay? Seriously, I know that we look at, oh, we're leaving people behind. We're doing... Listen to me. If God is ready for me in heaven, I'm ready to go. Plain and simple. I don't want to be stuck here any longer than I have to. The reason I'm put on this planet is to spread the glory of God. Not to just live and be something and say, oh, I need to live for this. I need to live for that. God, if you're ready, take me home. We just sang it. We shall see the king when he comes. Are you ready? Are you ready? What if he does call today? Are you ready? There's an expectancy that should come in our lives and a realization that we need to be ready. So here's the call this morning, church. If God has spoken anything to your life through the life of Daniel, if God has shown you something, you need to surrender. If God has shown you something, you need to do differently. You need to say differently. Put it into practice. Amen?
Don't just, listen, we can have you come down to this altar. We can lay hands on you, pray for you. I can have you pray where you are right now. None of it matters if when you leave these doors, you don't put it into practice in your life. That's the point. Daniel was an unlikely hero because he walked out his faith. He said, no, I'm not going to eat that meat. Yeah, I'll go into the lion's den and God will deliver me anyways. That's Daniel. So this morning, my call to you is this. Put into practice whatever it is God's dropping into your heart. Amen? Lord Jesus, Father God, Lord, I know that we've covered so much here this morning in the life of Daniel. Lord, I thank you for your word that we have to point to these things. Lord Jesus, this is needed for today, for our society, for our hearts. Lord, we always want to bring glory and honor to you. Help us, God, to find a way to do that with humility and truth. Help us, Lord, to find a way, Lord God, to trust you regardless of what's going on right now with corona. God, in everything we do, we want to glorify and honor you. God, in the small decisions that we make tomorrow, may they bring glory and honor to you. God, I know that there's things going on. There's a political climate that seems dangerous right now, Lord. But you can break through all of that chaos with the simple power of your presence. So God, we pray right now for our nation. God, we pray for families. We pray for the town of Brookfield, Lord God. God, that you would start stirring something afresh and anew in our hearts. Let us know, Lord Jesus, that you're the thing that we need, God, and how to walk that out in life for your glory and your purpose. God, we praise you. We thank you, God, that you choose to stand with us even in the hard times, Lord. We ask you to have your way. Show us what we need to change for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.